Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Needs the five to tie they got, it. They got to hold, they gotta hold up the wings. They got to hold up those guys. Yeah, the gunners are getting free on Massey's trying to get that gunner over the right and cannot. Here he comes now. Can he get it? Perkins slips. Got it. Perkins for the record. Breaks free. Looking for the third touchdown. Down the sideline. Antonio Perkins. Three punt return touchdowns and a new NCAA record. 20 years ago today, Antonio Perkins ran into the NCAA record books. Three punt return touchdowns against UCLA. You probably all know about that part, but uh, maybe a little bit forgotten in that is that he also set the NCAA record for punt return yardage in a game with 277 against UCLA in 2003. OU rolled that game 59-24 over the Bruins, but 20 years ago today, that's got to be, I mean, got to be the the single most famous special teams day that OU football has ever had in a game. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like something that would ever be matched, Tyler, specifically from a punt return standpoint, because who the heck's punting to a guy even if he returns one? You know what I mean? Like two, then then you're like, all right, seriously, kick it out of bounds. We'll go for it on fourth. Who cares? Just don't kick it to the guy. Like, there, there's no way. I I don't know what the post-game press conference was like for UCLA, but I would love to go back and hear that answer because surely somebody was like, hey, why'd you keep kicking to that guy that uh, scored four touchdowns? I, I think Carl Durrell uh, was the head coach of that UCLA team who was the head coach of the 1-11 Colorado Buffaloes last year. I'm sure Carl Durrell gave a uh, fantastic answer after. But but I remember, man, I remember that game and thinking, what are they doing? And obviously I wanted Antonio Perkins to break the record. Everyone in the stadium was aware that day of how close he was to the record. But it was just amazing, Travis, that they kept punting to him after the first return and then again after their second return. I think he had another long return as well that he just got tripped up. It's what, what are you doing? I mean, UCLA kept uh, out, out kicking their coverage there, but it was just, it was very, very odd. And not that UCLA would have won the game anyway, but at what point do you say, okay, maybe let's just kick it out of bounds and let our defense take our chances instead? Yeah, that was one of my first uh, Oklahoma games, actually. I was a uh, young 14 year old Travis. Uh, that was one of my first games. I was like, oh, man, this is great. I'm like, this is the, <laughs> this is the OU football I know. This is. This is fantastic. They, they they never even have to go on offense. It's great. They they just score half the time from the from the returns. But yeah, the uh, yeah with I, I just don't think it's possible. We all get on to Bob. Well, not get on to Bob, obviously. But the the kick to Tyreek, re kicking to Tyreek, obviously will live in infamy. But if if UCLA was any good, or that coach was, uh, you know notable these days, you know, up for big jobs. That would have to be a black eye on him, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, 918, I hate to say it, but Zach Branch might be the biggest threat to that record I've seen in a long time. Uh, but they won't, they won't punt to him that many times. That's my point. Like, the, the mean, nature of the game has changed. You, you wouldn't think so. Especially in the Big Ten, right? Right. But, God, he is good, though. Yeah, he is. He's, he's pretty electric. Uh, 405, calling. Oh, let's see what it says. 
calling for his job if we lose. Are you flipping kidding me? <laughs> this is going to be a dogfight. I promise you the Cincinnati fans are salty. It's a loud place to play. If it's close in the fourth quarter, OU will be lucky to pull out the win. To even suggest that people would be calling for BV's job if we lose is uh, idiocy. OU could easily lose this week. OU 30, Cincinnati 24. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the uh, with the, the idiocy of, of, of wanting, if he does lose this game, to 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 fire him i I believe that is an idiotic take i i i do think similarly as i felt like specifically against smu if it's close late i feel fine and again maybe i'm conditioned by by a couple other games here that maybe they weren't as talented as cincinnati but again our depth like last year's team would have lost smu last year's team might have given up 40 to tulsa so it's with that, I think that's where we've changed a little bit, or maybe a lot. You know, Brent talked about being on a different planet defensively, things like that. Like, I think that's where you've changed is the ability to finish games because I feel like you're fresher late. I think that matters. Uh, from the nine one eight, what did you say? Maybe we didn't know about Antonio Perkins' big day. My app cut out for about a minute. Well, I said that everyone knows he had three punt return touchdowns, an NCAA record in that game, but he also had an NCAA record for punt return yardage in that game with 277. So two NCAA records that day. And another thing, and I think Bob Stoops told us this maybe a year, two years ago, on the punt return where he broke the record, OU was actually in punt safe. He wasn't supposed <laughs> to have like this big lane to, to run, and he makes the first guy miss, and it was, it was home free after that one. So it maybe wasn't necessarily set up for – Perkins to have a big return there um, on that one, but he uh, he he got there, man. Three punt return touchdowns in one game, and everyone remembers that game. But Perkins was a hell of a punt returner throughout his entire career, and had other touchdowns in his career other than just that UCLA game. But yeah, big day for him, and his most famous day as a Sooner. That's that's for sure. Uh, okay, Danny Okoye is going to announce in a little over two hours. Travis is there at Core Society in Bixby, where uh, Okoye will be announcing from. And I'm guessing that Tennessee, Texas, and OU hat still sitting in front of you, correct? No one's no yeah. one's flipped the Texas hat upside down, upside down or anything? Nope, not quite yet. I have moved the uh, my K-Ref frame between me and the Texas hat, so I don't have to stare at it all show. But, um, yeah, they're still here, as am I. Uh, we're, we're we're kicking it. I'm sure some people, as he did make it open to the public on his social media, I'm sure some people will start showing up here a little bit closer to 6 o'clock, 6.15, as he gets ready to announce at 6.30. Obviously, it'll be on his Instagram. Um, it'll be on on 3, 247, Rivals. All, all, every, everybody will be here. That's the type of prospect we're dealing with. What did you take away from the interview that we had with him on Saturday? Excitement. You know, the way he spoke was, and obviously being in a post-game environment, you are naturally a bit more excitable. But just going from our interview we had in studio, where he was really thoughtful and, and, you know, careful with his words, and he talked about, you know, the process of his mentors and, and talking to people who are a bit more wise than him, this, that, and the other. Like, in the post-game, like, he was amped. Like, that, that was that was a kid that... Looked confident, looked excited, 
talked about the offense, talked about the defense, kept wanting to talk, things like that. So I think the excitement, the eagerness, I think, is what I took away. What did you take away, Tyler? Um, that he's just very impressed with uh, what the what, what the defense has done through three games. I, I I think that he took that visit in what what was that mid May where he took that that first visit or first visit in a while to OU and that really put OU kind of back on the map in terms of his recruitment and it, it almost felt like to me from that day on he was really hoping that OU started off the year playing at a high level on defense. And if he saw that early on, that that was really going to sway his decision as to who he was going to pick. And j- just that, man, that, that he's he's been really impressed with what he saw through the first three games. And maybe seeing that from the OU defense has made this decision a little bit easier for him. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of what – I bet if we hooked everybody up to a lie detector or got him some truth serum, uh, I think there are a lot of recruits probably that – we're in wait and see mode a little bit, maybe like a Nigel Smith. Like that, that guy seems like he's been a Sooner for as long as I've known his name. And, but I'm sure it was again refreshing a bit to be like, ah, okay, it, they do look different. Like they do look a lot better than last year. Things like that. Like even David Stone and and guys like that and Jaden Jackson. Like, oh, okay. All the things they kept telling us, they kept on showing us Clemson film and this, that, and the other. Now they're going to be able to use Oklahoma film going forward. Yeah, well, um, I think you and I are probably at the same confidence level uh, right now for OU's chances. Parker and I both put it at a 10. That's our uh, shock level or our, the, the, the shock factor of what we would have if it's not OU at 630 tonight. You at a 10 as well? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, I, I know you turn this thing I, up to an eleven. I, I know you're there live, so I, I didn't know who was standing around there at Core Society when I'm asking you. Hey, how shocked would you be if he didn't pick OU later on tonight at ten? I, I sure would be a ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm at a ten. I mean, we're the home of Sooner fans, and I'm sitting here in the chair he will announce from. I, I feel good, Tyler. Uh, okay, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Sean says lose this game, and Brent is 9-8 and eight as a head coach. People can call for his job and question it. Sorry if that hurts the feels. He's not wrong about that. I mean, that would be – it would be a 9-8 and eight start to his career, and really the first – well, and we'll see how good SMU is, right? But really the first time this year we're saying, ooh, okay, this may be a worthy opponent. It just really, like, if you go up there and lose this weekend, it just feels like it sets so much back from where you think and hope that you are right now. You're not as optimistic about the defense, most likely. You're probably coming out of there feeling pretty bad about the offensive line. Just, yeah, it's not the toughest game. I don't think it's the most important game. But it is an important game to win your first conference game, obviously, but to start to get into league play thinking that you are a much better team. I, I just think mentally for this team, it's, it, it's big to get past this one. No, I couldn't agree more. And, it's again, it's conference play. It's a true road game. Tulsa wasn't a true road game. There was more Sooner fans in there. And that's one thing. I know a lot of people are really I – don't, I don't know if surprised is the, is the right word, but like talking about how many OU fans were there – I think those are a lot of people that have never been to a Tulsa game. It, that's that, that's I mean, 
that's what I kind of expected, and that's why I laughed at the press conference when somebody said, what's it going to be like to play in front of a sellout crowd to the TU player? And I was sitting back like, uh, it's going to be sold out with OU fans, not with Tulsa fans. But regardless, going forward with Cincinnati, absolutely, they're going to be jacked. They're going to be doing, they're going to be, again, it's, it's the biggest home game they've had in a long time. One of the biggest home games in, in their history. But Tyler on the, well, they're nine and eight. It's not, if they win this game, it's not, you know, crazy to, or if they lose the game, win the game nine and eight. Like it's, it, the context matters, Tyler. If we would have gone nine and three last year, and then start 0 for 5 this year, that would be the same record, right? But you would look at it completely differently, right? Like you can say, hey, look, the trajectory is what it is to a certain extent, and you just want to continue that trajectory. Now, does this trajectory mean that we're going to go undefeated and go to the college football playoff and win it? No, no, that's not what the trajectory means. But as long as you're seeing improvements from Brent Venables and whether that's you know, by record, which is the most important thing, obviously. But just on the defense, the I mean, the offense is playing better, the recruiting, everything like that. As long as you're seeing improvement everywhere, then, yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to touch that that with a 10-foot pole. The key matchup in this game, and I think for both sides, it's OU's offensive line against Cincinnati's defensive line. That's the strength of Cincinnati. That is the biggest question mark that we have uh, with OU up to this point. If Cincinnati's going to make this game close, if Cincinnati's going to win this game outright, they're going to have to dominate up front with their defensive line. It, it's, it's the key matchup of the game. If OU's offensive line can just play well, then I think OU's probably going to run away with this. But, yeah, I mean, I, there, maybe there's even a situation where you win this game and come out even more nervous about this offensive line. But it's, it's time, man. It's time that that group puts it together and starts to play better ball. We'll see what the starting five looks like. Heck, Caden Green might be even a part of that starting five. But this needs to be a week where this offensive line starts to get rolling a little bit. I'm not saying that they have to completely dominate Cincinnati's D-line because they're pretty good, but they've they've got to be a little bit tougher in the run game, I think, this week. Well, yeah, of course. And and my question is going to be, you know, is, is, is Caden Green our new left guard, Tyler? Maybe. I mean, I think that's that's definitely a possibility at this point. I, I you know what? Um, I think that there is definitely a chance we could have a definitive answer to that um, Saturday nights. I mean, if he if he if they if he starts there, if he plays a ton of snaps and he outplays Savion Bird, then yeah, I think that's a, a very real possibility. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: we've all said, look. Savion Bird, at, at, we need him. He's got the highest upside. Like, our offensive line will be best if he is in there and he is playing well. Absolutely. But, Tyler, if he's not, I mean, are we are we best off taking the extremely talented freshman that was an early enrollee that, you know, just four days of learning he was going to be playing guard, went in there and played some quality snaps? He got beat a couple times, and he knows that. But, I mean, this guy – with a little bit more time of playing guard, I mean he's he's bigger, you know, at least heavier, right? Than uh, than Tyler Guyton is, you know. Well, just I don't know. I, if if it's a situation where we're not quite as confident in where Savion's at, whether it's you know health wise or something like that, if all things are equal, just play Caden, play Caden, and and let the chips fall where they may, and let him develop those 
you know, develop that, that, that guard position with reps and reps and reps and let him play in between two people that have played a lot of college football. Andrew Rame and Walter Rouse have played a lot of college football. Let him develop between those two. By the way, I was looking at ESPN's playoff predictor today, which there's some fascinating information on that entire front. But they have, according to the ESPN FPI, OU's three toughest games remaining. Would you like to take a uh, w- w- would you like to take a guess at what uh, the three toughest games are remaining for OU? I'll give you the percentage three. of each. I mean, Texas is the toughest. Texas is the toughest, but now OU, according to ESPN FPI, a sixty-one percent chance of winning that game. Oh, it was FPI. like thirty, I think, before the year, thirty-five, something like that. FPI. FPI always trips me out because according to FPI, aren't we the number two ranked team in the country right now? Correct, yes. That's right. Last time we were the number two ranked team in the country, according to some people, it was when Joel or it was when Colin Coward and yeah. Joel Clatt were sitting uh, sitting right. there after Nebraska. So maybe I'm gun shy about uh, people saying that we're uh, the second best oh, team. Oh, I, in the country, I definitely but. am. I, I didn't, and that's been going on for a couple of weeks now. It's like, eh, keep that away, please, at least for a few more weeks. Yeah. Um, Kansas? Kansas is not on the three, man. It is really BYU has has looked pretty. No BYU. Texas at sixty-one percent chance to win is the toughest game. Uh, UCF at home, eighty-six percent chance to win that game, and this Saturday at Cincinnati, an eighty-seven percent chance to win the game. That's what ESPN FPI says. So ESPN FPI says, yeah, OU's second toughest game is UCF but they have an 86% chance to win that game. <laughs> hmm. I mean, that's... That geez, metric really loves OU and its schedule. Does F- yeah, dude, out. the FPI... Because I'm pretty sure FPI... Doesn't that take in the hey, last three years we, into we, account? We, we've got, we've got some uh, very aggressive text on the text line today in a very positive way. Um, and some texts that have pushed back on those positive texts. I, I don't know if anything has been drinking the Kool-Aid more than the ESPN FPI on OU, dude. They're saying they're like going undefeated. God, they're hammered on it. Yeah, I don't know. It's sixty-one percent to be Texas. Is that of the ones you mentioned? Is that the least believable to you? That not that we won't be Texas. That that we're a sixty-one percent favorite according to FPI. Like, which of those FPIs do you think is the most out of pocket? Um, most out of pockets. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's closer to. A little bit co- closer to a coin flip than that at 61%. I know, I know Texas has been inconsistent, but we know the unique challenges that game offers, you know, even when OU's really good. So I, I'd go a little bit lower on that. It's just crazy that that percentage has swung like 30% when Texas has beaten Alabama on the road. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that wild? Where OU's played a very soft non-conference schedule – Texas has won in Alabama, yet it's swung 30% in OU's favor. Well, you have to – I mean, there's kind of the, the dominoes, right? Or you got to follow the, uh, the, uh, the trail a little bit here. Is this – does FPI just think Bama stinks? I, apparently, yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like you bring up a great point. They just beat Bama. They just won at Bama. Shouldn't FPI just eat that right up? Well, apparently not. I mean, apparently they think Bama stinks. So, I mean, didn't I see a stat where Bama is uh, allowing more sacks than anybody in the country or the worst, uh, uh, pa- like, 
pass yeah, uh, pass blocking grade I've in the country. I've seen some highlight films of one of their tackles uh, just letting someone run right around at the quarterback and get a sack. It's, it has not been great. Uh, okay, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more OU football next right here on The Ref. A job, it was keeping my brothers and sisters safe. And coming back, it felt like kind of thrown away. If it hadn't been for Wounded Warrior Project, I honestly don't know if I would be here. It was like I got my family back again. We all felt the connection, like that brother and sisterhood. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Donna by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. I mean, you know, we, we were kind of in the same situation though, last year. You know, so those older guys, we kind of know like what it looks like, you know. And so we kind of have those growing pains. We don't, you know, we don't want to repeat that. So we kind of just tell the young guys that haven't really experienced that, what it looks like. And at the end of the day, 3-0 doesn't mean anything. They're coming this week 0-0. It's the type of mentality that we got to have. I mean, you know, if you, if you don't say anything, then the same thing happens again. So you just kind of have to, don't want uh, history repeat itself. There's Danny Stutzman last night saying, yeah, we know we're in the same spot as we were a year ago, 3-0. Trying to have a different result than going, uh, what, 3-6 and six down the stretch of the regular season. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is at Core Society there in Bixby. As we are getting you uh, set for Danny Okoye, four-star, number one player in the state of Oklahoma. His decision coming up on his Instagram live page at 6.30. And that's this is your first time at Core Society, and you are uh, very, very impressed uh, out there, huh? Yeah, this place is uh, it's gorgeous. It's got the, uh, obviously, out here, multi-purpose facility. It's got the uh, general fitness facility, kind of the... Uh, uh, weightlifting, cardio, all kind of that stuff. Uh, and then you've got two full-size NBA quality basketball courts, the HD golf simulator, which I think re- excited the recruiting doomer a little bit earlier on the text line. Uh, they've got, you know, all the training and everything that you need, uh, different specific sports trainings, the R3 stretch, which is athletic trainers through functional therapists, all that, orthopedics. They've got a membership special specifically today, $75 a month for a single membership, usually $119 a month, so quite the hefty um, discount there, and it's month to month, so you can come try it out for a month, you don't like it, there's no cancellation, this isn't like a year-long contract, I think we've all been to those gyms that, you know, you've got to basically pull a tooth and exchange it for your cancellation from the uh, gym, no, it's uh, it's not like that here, you can uh, you can cancel if you don't like it, but again, a special they're running today, $75, uh, which is... Uh, which is big money off. One more thing on that ESPN FPI or ESPN playoff predictor. They have every team's chances right now to make the college football playoff as it currently sits. Texas, um, 34% to make the playoff. USC, 32%. Bama at 15 Florida State at 26 They have OU with the second highest odds to make the college football Jeez. playoff at 51%. Greater than 50% chance, says the ESPN playoff predictor. Now, I am definitely one after a 6-7 and season that, okay, yeah, like, interesting to note, let's get past this Texas game before we, you know, really start to dive into OU's college football playoff chances, but... I just it's just crazy how high this formula is on OU. Ohio State with the highest percent uh, chance at fifty seven percent, OU at fifty one, and then it goes Georgia at forty one, Texas at thirty four. 
So according to ESPN's, uh, you know, their, their, their whole uh, formula there, only two teams in college football have greater than a 50% chance to make it to the four-team playoff. One is OU, the other is Ohio State. That's just, man, I know I'm a sunshine pumper, Tyler. I know that I am optimistic, but a better chance that we make the playoff than that we don't? I mean, I don't even know if I can get there right now, Tyler. Well, and I'm I, and I've tried my best. I promise yeah. you that. Well, Pan in Texas says it's because of the week schedule. Don't why, don't see why it's so crazy. But they had a week schedule coming into the year, and OU's odds were not even close to greater than 50% to make well, the college. Well, these are supposed to be playoff. adjusted for opponent. Like that's the thing. Like a lot of these things like a, a bunch of the graphs that you see, you know, like the EPA, all that like like they're all opponent-adjusted, or they're supposed to be, because that's what everybody's argument is, right? That's why they don't just do, like, margin of victory, right? They're not like, oh, well, you know, Oklahoma's put up this many points. They've given up that many points to the math. Boom, boom. Oh, they must be the best team in the country. Like, that's why they don't do it like that. They're supposed to be adjusted for opponents. So, still, it's crazy, Tyler. It's crazy talk. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit crazy that Ohio State has the – Highest percentage chance to to make the the playoff. Um, I I like what I've seen from Notre Dame up to this point. I, I think that they're a, they're a really good football team. Am I crazy? I, like I might pick Notre Dame to win that game uh, in South Bend. Like Ohio State has to go what to South Bend and to Ann Arbor this year. I don't love Ohio State's chances to make the playoff, and I, I think they could get their first loss this weekend. Am I alone well, on that one, or is uh, no. some people picking the Irish as well? Well, I think, you know, when you had Bob on this week, Tyler, I was tuned in, and he brought up that if, you're, if you've got a quarterback, the quarterback's the most important position at every level of the sport, from, you know, the top all the way to peewee. And that's, I think, what's so interesting. You know, the, the conversation was, has the transfer portal, you know, even the odds a bit. But he brought up Alabama. They don't know who their quarterback is. They're struggling. Georgia isn't great at quarterback right now. They're struggling a little bit. Ohio State, I mean, they might be costing Marvin Harrison Jr. some money. Like, they're struggling a little bit. You know who's not struggling? Michael Penix Jr., Caleb Williams, Sam Hartman. You know, Drake May isn't off to the star that I thought he would be, but he still looks, you know, he still looks good. He's got all the tools. Um, Shadur Sanders, you know, like when you look at all the teams, Jordan Travis, when you look at all these teams that people are like, man, these are some impressive games. These are some impressive teams. And then some of the other more traditional powers that aren't, you can just stare directly at the quarterback. And that's why, Tyler, I don't think you're crazy for thinking Notre Dame might win that game because Sam Hartman can spin it. Yeah, and I I just think around him they're they're pretty good as well. So I uh, I think Ohio State's going to uh, lose two games this year. I think they'll probably lose uh, at Notre Dame, and I think they'll lose to to Michigan at the end of the year. So all uh, all the all the things we hear from Ohio State fans about Ryan Day, we could start to hear those as early as next week. We may not have to wait until November for Ohio State fans to uh, want to fire Ryan Day. Which is very like entertaining, a, by the way. I, I really do love that aspect of the sport. Right, but that's but that's what's interesting, right? Because what did you know? What did every fan base tell us in America about when Lincoln Riley left? You know, we we started saying, well, you know, there started to be some questions because you know he didn't care about the defensive side of the ball. You know, we were eroding from a talent perspective. Looking at every single year he was head coach, we had a worse result. And they said, 
Well, what are you talking about? Look at your record while he was there. You want to, you want to give up a guy with that record? And they didn't understand it. I feel like that's how, how Ohio State fans feel about Ryan Day at times. And if he were to lose to Notre Dame or, God forbid, lose to Michigan for the third straight time, mm. I think they would say, look, th- this is what we're talking about. There are certain things that you can't do, and you can't lose you know, three games in a row to Michigan. And, and, and again, every other – like you just said, we, we all think that sounds crazy, but, I mean, we can rationalize our feelings about thinking that we might be better off without Lincoln Riley despite his record, and I think Ohio State fans might feel the same way. Cherokee Sooner Sam Hartman officially launches his Heisman campaign, and Notre Dame wins by 20. Ooh, okay, I'm not the Whoa. only one. 405, I don't even think Ohio State gets past the Irish. So, okay, I'm not on an island on that one. Thinking the Irish wow. are going to win. By 20? Boy, That's the love not- fest for... Um, for uh, why am I blanking? Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on Notre Dame's second year head coach? Seriously, Marcus, uh, uh, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, Marcus Freeman. Uh, the love fest was there last year going into the season. I can't imagine what it'll be if uh, they they beat Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, love fest there for sure. But when he got packed up on the recruiting trail by uh, by a couple people, not I mean, obviously Peyton Bowen chose the Sooners, but he lost a couple others um in in that high status too and a lot of people on the message boards at least were like ah, you know is it notre dame's fault is marcus freeman gonna leave us because we have too high of educational standards is this a brian kelly thing is marcus freeman just gonna go to the sec tyler if he can go beat ohio state i i, I think I, I think those message boards are going to be singing a different tune uh, Brent from Jinx says Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame and Notre Dame is better. Brian Kelly goes to LSU and LSU is worse. Brian Kelly is the common denominator, can't dance, and has a fake Cajun accent. He did win the SEC West last year. Yeah, they weren't bad last year. I don't. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Um, I do think that. And they looked a lot. No good, they looked a lot better. Uh, look at Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi State's all that great. But LSU did show some signs last week of okay, maybe they weren't. The garbage team they look like against Florida State. I, I think LSU is going to be okay in the end. Yeah, here, here's the thing with with Brian Kelly. If it was his decision to not let Harold Perkins rush the quarterback against Florida State, then yes, I will say he is the problem. If it was the defensive coordinators, like strictly his directive to say, hey, you are just going to spy, you can't rush the quarterback, then I will say the defensive coordinator is the problem. Until I know that, I can't fully come out and say that Brian Kelly's a problem. Uh, this one says, are you taking Alabama or Ole Miss? God, I, I'm i taking Alabama for one reason and one reason alone. I'm still probably giving them the benefit of the doubt of what I've thought recently. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm giving yeah. – No, I get it. I'm giving They've Alabama benefit. the benefit of the doubt, and, and this team hasn't earned that whatsoever. So I'm probably making a huge mistake by just saying, oh, I – it's Alabama. I guess they'll beat Ole Miss this weekend. I think Ole Miss wins that game. Personally, I mean, I know it's in Bama, which is always going to be tough. I mean, but I mean, you again. We just talked about quarterback play. Jackson Dart's playing well, and I mean, now they're going to roll out Jalen Milrow again. I guess is the yep is the He's strategy the there. Like just the ah, just the offensive line. You've got you've got one team with a bad offensive line that can't keep their quarterback upright that has quarterback questions and is, is you know, kind of trading between them. Ole Miss might have the three best quarterbacks in this game on their roster. Who knows? 
Boy, the trolling will be in an epic level if Lane Kiffin wins this game. It'll be at an yeah. all-time high. And the takes for Alabama and Nick Saban's future, woo boy. Be some hot takes out there about that. There, I'll tell you what, nobody will be rooting harder for Bama this weekend than Texas fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like ever since, like, it was the biggest win. W- what did we say in the postgame show a couple weeks ago? Maybe the biggest win for Texas since that 08 OU Texas game when OU yeah. was ranked number one. And yeah. <laughs> that, that loss has just been, or that win has been picked apart since then, since they beat Alabama. Well, the argument will be, oh, we broke them. We broke them. They could, they could, you can never win, a, you know, you can never play well again after playing the physicality of Texas Longhorns. Like, I don't know. They might stink, Tyler. 405-651-3439. We'll get to text. More OU football as well on the other side. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Hi, this is Money Markham with Markham's Nursery. Fall is the perfect time of year to landscape your home or business with beautiful trees of all sizes. And during our annual fall tree sale from September the 22nd through the 25th, there's no better time to save on those trees. So don't miss our tree sale this Friday through Monday. Craftsmanship and competitive pricing in Oklahoma. From wood to chain link to vinyl to metal fences, the Van Hoos Fence team does it all. Contact the Fencing All-Americans at Van Hoos Fence, 405-735-1167 or vhfence.com. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers are bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davis, and Travis is at Core Society in Bixby. Uh, that's where Danny Okoye, number one player in the state of Oklahoma for the 2024 class, is going to announce at 6.30. It's OU, it's Texas, it's Tennessee. Travis has three of those hats sitting in front of him, and we talked about this during Locked In. I mean, it would be a big get tonight because, well, Danny Okoye is really good. But it'd also be a big get because only once in the past five cycles, this is not a great stat for OU recruiting recently, but just once in the past five years, OU has gotten the number one player in its own state, according to rivals. You can flip that around. The number looks a little bit better tonight if you get a Koye. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. And you look at some of the big contributors, like you look at what Gentry Williams has done so far this season. That's an Oklahoma kid. That's a hometown guy. You can even look into the transfer portal. Look at Trace Ford, another guy that had an interception. That's an Oklahoma guy. Like even just just pitching the idea of playing here, like in front of your home state. They're not just they're not just doing it with the recruiting title in the in the high school. They're doing it with hey, come on home. I wouldn't be shocked, Tyler, if. I don't know, maybe somebody, if by Job were to enter the portal at some point, somebody reaches out and says, you know what, I know you're not from here originally, but you got a lot of people in, here in Oklahoma that know you. You know, why don't you, you know, why don't you maybe come back now that Mel Tucker's gone? Something like that. Like, But, yeah, you get a guy like this, ooh, I mean, you, you, you start to see, because I think this is a guy that's got the, the – physical ability to play early now he's gonna have to learn the position to you know to the level to play early but it's you look at guys like this you see what kevin sperry is doing out of carl albert with his own recruiting efforts tyler with uh, guys like Trene washington and tristan haynes and marcus james and xavier robinson already in the boat i mean it it has the opportunity tyler to be a a a 
hell of a lot of Oklahoma kids on this team here in a couple years. Yeah, and the most recent ranking update that we have from any recruiting service was from On3, what, this week? And Danny Okoye is the number 66 overall player in the country. Number one player in the state, number 66 overall player in the country. So this one's a big deal, man, to get a get another top 75 player nationally. He told us Saturday that the SEC did matter because the SEC is violence, and he likes violence on the uh, on the football field, which you got to love to hear. It's just, but this element of his recruiting is crazy, and it goes to a big storyline this week. No OSU in the top three, not even OSU in the top ten. How, how did they fumble this one so badly? Man, with OSU, like. I don't know. I've got I've got my theories. Um, I, they're a little farther ranging than just the Okoye uh, recruitment, but it's it's going to be explained away as well. We don't want to commit to the resources to these four and five star guys because you know once once the Tennessees and the Alabamas and I mean Oklahoma was always calling, but you know once some of these national you know powers start calling, then we're not going to be able to keep up. Maybe with the the resources of recruiting them, but maybe. NIL or something like that. Here's I've got a I've got a a theory on Mike Gundy's approach, and it's a little bit tinfoil hatty, but you know it is what it is. I think that he has spent the last what three or four years, Tyler, pontificating about the state of college football, the state of affairs of college football, and he would address the beat writers no matter what they asked. He would say. Well, you know, NIL, you know, NIL, you know, these kids are getting paid. These, you know, now they're getting paid. You know, you don't know what they're going to do. You know, he, he, this, that, they're making more than coaches or whatever. Like, he's, he said that. He said, transfer portal. Yeah, you know, these kids, like, you know, he hates the transfer portal. He said, like, it's, it's very much, you know, who he sounds like, Tyler. He sounds like a lot of probably OSU donors. I think when you, when, when Okoye goes somewhere else and everybody's going, Man, what the heck? I thought OSU was uh, going to be where he ends up. He's going to go, well, you know, it's just NIL, you know, just it's the state of college football these days. This is just this is just how it works, you know, and, and that's why, we, you know, we're having to start all the we, – we want people that want to be here and nobody no, – just nobody wants to be here. It's like there are consequences to actions, and if your actions are you don't want to participate in NIL and you don't want to participate in recruiting high-level prospects that want to come to your school in the first place, then you're never going to be any good. You know what's crazy about the spot that they're in right now? Because it feels like a very critical moment for them. Um, less than a year ago, on October 15th of last year, la- last season, I-, I had to double, triple check this because I, uh, I-, I totally forgot that they were in this spot. October 15th of last year, they were a top eight team in the country, man. And not only were they a top eight team in the country, they were on the road in Fort Worth beating TCU by 17 points. October 15th, number eight wow. in the country, and they were beating TCU by 17 points who would later play in the national championship. They go on to lose that game in Fort Worth, and they are 4-7 and seven ever since. It has completely and absolutely collapsed since the middle of October last year. And I don't see it getting back anytime soon. Not with the current coaching staff that they have the current roster that they have, and who's to say that they won't get hammered by the portal once again like they did this past year? They're not going to embrace it. Who I wants mean, to stick if, around there? Who, if you're Ollie Gordon, if you're Colin Oliver, if you're Kendall Daniels, like, what? I mean, what? imagine feeling like Brennan Presley right now. Like, 
I love the Presley family. Like we've talked about, like Braylon, I've, you know, big, I don't have to go back on record to talk about how much I, uh, I'm a fan of the Presleys. Can you imagine where, what Brennan would be doing in other offenses right now? Instead, he's got to deal with the, the, the whatever quarterback Gundy decides. He's playing three-card Monty on the sideline, you know, and, and trying to determine who he wants to throw out there for a series. I mean, it is a total disservice to your wide receivers. If I if I were any wide receivers, I'd say, see ya, I'm out of here. If you're not going to take this seriously, neither am I. The defense, if I'm Kendall Daniels, if I'm, you know, Colin Oliver, these guys, I'm out of there, man. Like, if, if, you, if you get up there and you get throttled by South Alabama and, you know, Gundy gets up there in his press conference and he's making jokes, well, Saban uses three quarterbacks, we're basically the same, you know. <laughs> like, could you imagine Brent Venables making jokes? If no, I mean, got, it's, it's a completely got, different program. That wouldn't fly right. here, but no, I, right. I, I couldn't. It, exactly. How many? I was about to, how about this? How many coaches in the Big 12 could get up there after losing to South Alabama in the way that they lost at home and get up there and make jokes at the podium? How many? Um, not, I mean, one or two, maybe. I, not, maybe. Not, 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 not definitely many. not. I, no. Definitely not a, 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 a coach that in the last 10 years has won the second most games in the big 12. Yeah, like they were, they were set up to be bad. the big dogs of the new big 12. And now I don't know if they're going to win four games this year. It's bad. OU Optimus says Mike Gundy's done. He's ready to sit back and talk about how it used to be. I'll pick them to lose every game, at least 33, seven until they prove otherwise better win this week. Uh, it, it looks bad right now, but you lose to Iowa state. I think South Alabama might be better than Iowa State. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm man. confident that <laughs> South Alabama seriously. is better than Iowa State. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. We'll hit some more texts and some more OU football as well right here on The Ref. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KREF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis is at Core Society in Bixby getting you ready for the big announcement tonight at 6.30. Danny Okoye, number one player in the state again. That will be on Danny Okoye's Instagram live page coming up at 6.30. The week-long question uh, that will not be answered until Saturday afternoon in Cincinnati. Who's going to get the first carry for OU? Who's going to get the majority of the carries for OU on Saturday? See, it's we could be in week 10, Tyler, and this would be a good question to bring up because I think you would consistently not get the same answer, and that's that's always a good question. At this rate, yeah, it's going to be a question in week 10. Here's the thing. Watching Tulsa, it really felt like they were trying – and keep in mind Jeff Levy's words, right? Remember in his press conference he said, we're going to get or we need to get 2-27 and going – Okay, um, you know, Marcus is going to be a part of it, and we need to get Tawi some production. Like, getting Tawi some production means you've already got him going. You Now you just need to get him the production side. Like, 
Marcus, you know, he's injury prone. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you kind of want to hold him back if you can, if you have the other options. The getting them going, I don't think Tyler, when he said that they need to get two and twenty-seven going, that he meant we need to put them in the game more, or we need to get them more snaps. I think it was we need to get them feeling one hundred percent confident in their lower bodies. And we need to get them seeing the field again because there were multiple times, Tyler, where Javante Barnes looks like he was slowing down. Very much so. Instead of cutting. Like he's not like. And at no point in his career has that felt like the case, by the way. No, I mean, it literally looks like he was, he would take like three or four steps to slow down and then he would try and turn his body and then run north south. Instead of planting that foot and going north south, boom, hitting that hole. Like that's where. Like, and he'd miss some holes. Gavin Sawchuk is the same thing. He got to the outside, and I was yelling from Section 108 there with you. I was yelling, you're the fastest guy on the field. Stop stopping. Just yeah. run. Like, run. Hit the edge. Like, I just don't think they have trust in their bodies right now, and I think you're really seeing it. Final hour's next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref. Sports Radio Network. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? 